your marriage feels more like The Walking Dead than Sleepless in Seattle, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams, and we know that marriage is hard work. And we believe it can be an adventure full of laughter, fun, and building a connection that lasts. So we're on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage. Podcast Season 1, Episode 9, Buckle Hats and Uncle Merle. We've got a good one for you here today. We're going to dive right in. Hope you enjoy. So I was thinking back to our first Thanksgiving, honey, since our anniversary is tomorrow. The first Thanksgiving? We're well, not I, that old. I, I wasn't at the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> I heard it was kind of violent, though, wasn't it? I don't know. Actually, it was supposed to be... I'm sure the food was not nearly as good as it is now. Probably was actually better because it was all natural and organic and... Yeah, you know I dig that, but no. No, you don't think so? No, I'm, I'm not that natural. Mm, well, I remember our first Thanksgiving as a couple because we've had oh, yeah. 15... Going on 15 Thanksgivings now as a couple. Um, but our first one was nothing like Thanksgiving, really, <laughs> as we typically think of it, because we were in Jamaica for our honeymoon. We were in Jamaica, man. Well, so we picked, remember how we picked the weekend that we were going to get married? Yes, because Danielle was teaching at the time, mm-hmm. and we got the week of Thanksgiving off. So we had the wedding on, what was it? Saturday. Saturday. And then we left Monday morning. Which, by the way, if you are not married and you're going to get married, best piece of advice I can give you is if the wedding's on Saturday night, do not plan to jump on a plane on Sunday. No. You are going you to need be to so rec- freaking exhausted. You need to recover. And I just, it was the best thing we've done with that <laughs> wedding. One of the best things we did was Sunday morning we slept in. We had a brunch with people close to the family and everything. And then Sunday evening, we drove up to the airport, spent the night there, and then flew out early Monday morning. It was had leisurely. A great honeymoon in Jamaica at. Uh, so, for thanks, so for Thanksgiving, we had like Caribbean jerk turkey. Yeah. And like, what else did we have? We had all kinds of Jamaican versions of like. American Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. But they had the buffet line that had just straight turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy. They and all did? Those yeah, they did. But we were like, forget that. We're not eating that. We eat that every year. And we ended up, we had a Thanksgiving back home when we got back from the honeymoon. Did we? Yeah, we did. I remember some, I remember a shocking Thanksgiving too early in our marriage when I went to Thanksgiving over at your house and your brother had made jalapeno stuffing <laughs> and stuffed it in the turkey. No, it's so funny because some people call it dressing and some people call it stuffing. And some people say you should shove it in the turkey. Some people think that's just salmonella waiting to happen. Um, 
which I'm a firm believer in stuffing it in the turkey. It's kind of graphic and ridiculous when you have to actually do it because you got to get your fist and like punch the stuffing in there. The first time I had to stuff a turkey, I'm not lying. I was pretty traumatized by it. I You're am. like wrestling the turkey in the sink and it's flopping all over the place. And you're just trying to take your fists and jam a bunch of stuffing in there. I am so aroused right now. <laughs> I, I can't even explain. Inappropriate. <laughs> anyway. Did we just violate on. our clean rating on iTunes? <laughs> Do we have a clean rating? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like the the, oh. the Christian marriage show that ta- <laughs> God created turkeys and marriage and stuffing. So I think we're all good. I'm so sorry. But I'm anyway, so sorry. getting back to my real point, your brother put jalapenos in the stuffing. That yeah. is just It was it was a shock to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just shoved it in there, and we're just eating it with like it's normal, and All it was sudden, not normal. You're just like, wait, what's going? What's happening? Why is my mouth burning? This is not what's going on. To be fair, though, your brother always does some pretty off the chain kind of things that normal my people brother, would not respect. Yeah, my brother is. Um, my brother's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Indeed. I love him. And. But it's, yeah. you know what? It's so interesting to, to spend holidays and do the holiday foods with different people that you don't normally do it with. Yeah. Like this year we're doing Thanksgiving with a bunch of friends and family. It's kind of a mix. And it's, um, they have very specific dishes that they always eat. And I'm confused. Isn't there like a rabbit thing or something that they like? And there's something with corn, which I never have corn on Thanksgiving. Never have (sighs) rabbit. Although that's all they had at the first Thanksgiving. Corn (laughs) and some some weird birds that they they drug out of the bush. That is true. They did have a lot of corn at the first Thanksgiving. So I shouldn't be confused by corn, really. Uh, We are in no way experts on the first Thanksgiving and in no way inviting conversation about the, uh, the expansion uh, of uh, occupancy of the North okay, American continent. Okay, please stop, honey. I think you've derailed. But I really do like the big buckles that they had. <laughs> I do enjoy the buckles. But anyways. Oh, my gosh. You remember in school when we'd have to make the, the construction paper hats with a oh, buckle yeah. on it and all that stuff? Like, I feel like it's every year super the cute. teachers were just like, oh, screw it. I, we're done. It's the day before Thanksgiving break. Here, take some paper, make a hat. Just, I, I don't know. Just put buckles on everything. I don't just, know. Just, just buckles, hat, you know, <laughs> yellow, white, and black construction paper. Uh, make a hat. There yeah. you go. But we always liked it. Don't pretend like you didn't like wearing a pilgrim hat. Okay. Should we make a pilgrim hat? I I think it's a rite of passage. So anyways, so this year, it's just right after election time. (sighs) And we're heading into time with family for Thanksgiving. Oh, this is going to be fun. 
I'm pretty sure most people are not thinking that. I'm pretty sure most people are terrified, to be honest. What? You think people don't love talking about politics and religion and finances and economics and sociopolitical matters and social justice issues with their family? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, that's our point. So in the... (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking that people are terrified. They want, like, the longing in their heart is they want to connect and they want to have fun, engaging time with their family. Sure. But they're terrified that it's going to be awkward... Pain- a junk show. A junk show. Painful, traumatic. They've already got the therapy sessions lined up for the following week for how they were traumatized over their Thanksgiving conversations. Yeah. You know, you mix in a little too much alcohol. It could really be. What's the next, the next level up from a junk show? Like a bizarre a holiday bizarre, B-I-Z-Z-A-R. Get it? Because there's like a holiday bazaar. Isn't that where they sell the crafts? That's where they sell crafts and stuff. Honey, no, you're not oh getting... Oh my gosh, do you remember that bazaar we went to last year, the holiday bazaar? It was like everything no. was made out of 1980s floral patterns. Is that the one your mom took us to? I'm not going to confirm that because there are... Tens of people listening to our <laughs> show. <laughs> we love you, Nancy, and we love crafts. Okay. Um, but no, it is really true that I think there are some people there that are a little terrified about just the conversations, not about the people themselves or anything like that, but just that they're going to make. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's the topics that we've already sure, mentioned. Sure. And I think for me, underlying that is we have developed, we as a culture have developed this need to be offended and apocalyptic, uh, uh, catastrophic in our thinking about things. So everything Mm -hmm. seems to get reduced to, and that's why the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And I just, man, I, that energy drains me. Those oh conversations gosh, just drain my soul. They drain my heart. And it's not why, it's not what I love about people that we're going to have Thanksgiving with. It's not what I love about my family or yours, or it, it, it's not why I get together with them. Oh, please. No, that'd be the way, that'd be the reason you'd run the opposite direction. Well, you know, you have somebody in your family that, you know, they're doing a project in the basement or, They're, you know, focused on, you know, setting the table for an hour or whatever, just to try to avoid and withdraw from those awkward, painful conversations. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Like, as I'm thinking, I'm guilty of this. I will fixate on something like reading a book or watching us binge watching Stranger Things on Netflix or something like that. And it's not a conscious thing. It's just I'm edging out. Mm. I'm I'm an extrovert and I can get all peopled out. Even as an extrovert? Yeah. Um, but I think underneath it is a, there's a subconscious thing that is it is that fear of like, oh my gosh, what if the, what are we going to talk about? You know, how are we going to connect? Like my heart, my desire is to connect and and celebrate and and be be with our our family and friends and yet 
knowing the history of you've had many awkward conversations and painful conversations in the past and how could this possibly be any yeah. different this year? We're making big generalizations. And like for, for you folks who, who we're spending Thanksgiving with, we're not talking about you. We're not. <laughs> no. There's nothing. We don't need to have any clearing conversations. No. We're just kind of making some generalizations from 15 years of married Thanksgivings. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I, when you were saying that, you know, you don't want to have these crazy grand reactions to everything people yeah. said. You know, they're catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of um, respect in being able to know that somebody has a different viewpoint, maybe a drastically different viewpoint than you do. And be with the fact that they're on this side of the issue. You're on the opposite polar opposite side of the issue. And knowing that yelling and screaming and, you know, bringing up news articles on your phone is not going to change their heart. It's probably just going to make them dig their heels in deeper. And the chasm between you is growing larger and larger by the moment. So what does it look like to be with the fact that somebody has a drastically different viewpoint. Is that okay? Yeah. Or is that just being fake? What do you think on that? Um, you know, I think the, the phrase, the kind of catchphrase would be, be with, but don't agree with. Oh. Um, how, how, can you, how, how can you be with, but not agree with, and yet allow the person who's expressing their political, theological, social, whatever issue, whatever belief, um, they're expressing something that makes your blood boil. Sure. How do you be with that, but not agree with it and not try to fix them or correct them? Because they're not going to get fixed or, you know, by getting told or yeah, researched or to argue death or, or dismiss them. Right. Oh, well, that guy's just an idiot, you know? We we want to we want to catastroph catastrophize things. Yeah, that's a word, right? We, we want to bring it down to, and that's why the world's ending. That's why everybody who thinks that is an idiot. That's why, right? This is never going to work. Helen has me ask it. Blah blah blah. Well, so, you know, I mean, what happens when you have that crazy Uncle Merle that says? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, am I going to need to get the 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 beeper machine out here to beat me out to to bleep you out no no i'll have to do that in post yeah you will but seriously like everybody's got the crazy uncle merle or aunt sandy or whoever um that casually makes you know racist comments or judgmental comments or critical comments no crazy uncle merle says wow wouldn't women shouldn't vote they need to stick in the kitchen in the bedroom where they belong. And you're like, ah, ah. you're just like ready to pounce on him, chew his eyeballs out and spit him. And you're like, Uncle Merle, I know where you sleep because you snore really loud. And I heard you sleeping last night. I'm terrified of you right now. <laughs> and but- and you realize somebody out there is going to clip out just that section of audio about sure. you you talking about voting women and use it against you. Um, it's going to be a gigantic thing. Well, then maybe people will share. It's going to be huge. Legendary. 
<laughs> then maybe people will share our podcast yeah. and they'll get to hear more about it. But no. So when somebody says something that just makes your blood boil or is just makes you just want to get up and walk out or edge out or tune out or numb out, what do you do? Well, it's challenging because it's a far stretch from what we're conditioned to do, honestly. It's kind of a learned skill, and that is listen for their heart in it. So you're like, okay, you're really having to self-manage. Like, okay, don't jump across the table and strangle Uncle Earl to death. (laughs) But... um. So you're just trying to think, okay, what is his heart in sharing that? Okay. Mm. He says women shouldn't vote. They should stick in the kitchen in the bedroom where they belong. Wow. It's really a struggle to find what is his heart in that. But it might be that he just longs to live in a world where he understands it or something Mm. like that. Um and it, maybe it's not that, but if you try to think what is their heart in it, um, it'll save you from jumping across the table and strangling them to death. <laughs> uh, I just had that picture from uh, National Family National Lampoon's Family Christmas, mm-hmm. where the dog like cl- climbs and runs across the table and destroys the whole table. And it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I feel like that's where we need a sound clip of something. Yeah, so everybody's heart matters in it. You know, obviously, it's whatever he's saying is not your viewpoint, and you're not condoning it, Mm-mm. and you're not agreeing with it. But to yourself, you're just checking, like, okay, what's his heart in this? Yeah. And nobody is wrong about what they believe. They might have facts wrong. They may have figures wrong. They may have statistics wrong. They may be racist, sexist, you know, and anything in between. Um, But that is... You know, a a mentor years and years ago posed this question to us, and we've posed it to couples in classes we've led in small groups time and time again, and it comes down to this. What's more important to you? in a circumstance like this, in a conflict, is it is being right worth more, more important to you than the person's heart? Sure. And you know what? Sometimes it's not crazy Uncle Merle, you know, that you never see. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's your sweet grandma that you love. It's sweet grandma. Dearly. It's your brother, your sister, your cousin, your whoever that you're not whatever and you're not wanting to cut them out of your life and you're not want you want to be curious about their heart Mm -hmm. because you love their heart or you you don't because they're not in your life a whole lot and this is one of the only times that you see them every year Mm -hmm. and and so you know we've got to ask ourselves what what's more important is it, it are we trying to Argue through something to be be right, to win a fight. Or fix them. You know, fix them up. Or fix them. Or is it finding a way to be with them, to get to know them, to to either deepen the relationship so that those conversations can can evolve or write them off? 
you know, there, there's two things we do, and it's a protective instinct. We, we ca- catastrophize, I keep trying to pronounce it right, catastrophize things. We collapse distinctions. We break everything down to the base element. Well, that person, I don't like them. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. Right. Um, and it's, we can miss out on so much, and they miss out. That's the real point. They miss out on us. <laughs> sure. Because we're super awesome. Sure. Um, so here's the plan. Here's the plan. So we've got this picture of, of, you know, the catastrophic picture of the family meal, the family gathering at Thanksgiving or Christmas, and it's just fraught with danger. <laughs> Feeling unsafe. Feeling unsafe and... In, Feeling in the, shamed. In episodes eight, I think, we talked about creating a safe and courageous space by creating alliance and alignment with your family. We talked some about that. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good stuff in there. Episode, yeah. episode eight was uh, Gobble Till You Wobble. That's right. Yeah, so here's, so here's the plan or some ideas we have for you. Um, set the stage, uh, with an alliance. Like we talked about in the last episode, um, clear, clarify your expectations, ask for what you need. These are some of the basic things. And we talk about it like, like we keep saying in the last episode. Yeah. And also just, um, just kind of say, you know, maybe you're all sitting around the, the table and you share like, Hey, I've got an idea. How about we, you know, I have a couple conversation starters that I've brought for us. Justin is notorious for this at our Thanksgiving dinners. We have and this book that we got years ago. Yeah. And I just, I drag that book whenever we go some to a family gathering. Yeah, it's called, isn't it called A Thousand and One Powerful Questions or something like that? It's something like that. Well, I'll, I'll see if I can find it uh, and post the, the link to, in the to show it notes. on Amazon in the show notes. So as far as setting that alliance up and setting the stage, nobody gets to be wrong about what they believe. Mm. Number two. That's hard. <laughs> I know. Everybody's heart matters. Go for the heart. Yeah. And number three, no fixing because it's probably not going to work anyway. Yeah. It's just going to get you're your just head setting sp- yourself up for failure there. Yeah. You're just going to get your head spinning. And then you just move on to some certain skills that like we're talking about um, being a good listener. And it's not just nodding your head and going, hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, what, yeah, what did you say? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's not about that. There's actually three listening levels, but I'll focus on listening level two, because one is just you're only concerned about yourself, like how does this affect me? What oh. am I going to say in return? What's Danielle saying and what does it matter to me? How am I going to apply it? What, what am I going to say back? But a sweet spot is level two in listening levels. Yeah. And that is... I just did how the does, coach voice, yeah. We just said listening is not all about going, yeah. Did you hear that part, honey? Were you listening? I did. Okay. So listening level two is about how does what he's saying, what does it mean to him? Okay. So if Justin's sharing something, I'm focused as a listener on what does it mean to him? 
So like when I shared about crazy Uncle Merle saying that women shouldn't vote because they should be in the kitchen in the bedroom. Oh, gosh, you got to stop putting that soundbite out there. It's going to come back to bite you in the behind. Um, I'm focused on, okay, what does this mean to him? He is longing for a world he understands. And, you know, I'm able to kind of slow my um, angry blood down. And just listen on what Uncle Merle is saying. So that's the listening level. And listen, listening level three is something we can go into in another episode. Um, well, I mean, really quickly, level three is just what's God up to in the middle of it. And like kind of what's the vibe in the room and the space. Yeah. If you um, see your mom over in the corner, like wringing her hands, ready to get into strangle mode. Like, you're kind of like, oh. It might be time to redirect the conversation <laughs> with a classy and witty um, turn. Like, <sighs> Uncle Merle, Merle, that's a really interesting idea. And, oh, look at the parade on TV. Oh. It makes me think of the parade. Look at that. It's the Berenstain Bears in the, in the Macy's <laughs> Day Parade. Wow. <laughs> look at Hello Kitty. He's taking over the whole street. I like kitty cats. They're so cute. Meow, meow. But also, you're not just dismissing <laughs> him. You're trying to listen for his heart. So. Yeah, you, you want to start with listening for the heart and, and trying to be curious and, and manage your own response, self-manage. And, and, but there are times when, just it, when voices start to raise or the, that level three starts to get oh boy, something bad is going to happen here. We're going to have a con- an unnecessary, unhealthy kind of a conflict. Yeah. You know, it's quite simple just to redirect. But you know what? What would be really fun with Uncle Merle is going on to our next point, which is how do you have a powerful conversation? Yeah. And we're going to post in a PDF with the show notes some oh good... Oh gosh, you're committing me to that. Oh, okay, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> it's 10 questions, babe. You're a coach. You ask them like 500 times a day. Questions. Just Oh gosh. I can't breathe. Hey, is it hot in here? What is his heart in this? <laughs> it's hard for me to understand. But my heart in this is this is a very busy week. Oh. Okay. But I'll do it. Okay. I got um but the um powerful conversation starters, here's a real tricky, super easy tip. You start your question with the word what. So for instance, crazy Uncle Merle says women shouldn't vote. They should stick in the kitchen in the bedroom. You say what's important about that to you? Not why do you think that? Because the why starts them feeling defensive right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So if you start with the word what, you could say, what's important about that to you? And keep it, keep it short. Less than seven words. Um, yeah. Because if you go into some big old long thing, it's like, what are you even talking about? Well, I mean, you, you start interpreting things instead of, instead of just listening. You start re, reinterpreting and re, repeating and parroting things. And then, and then you it, just, just sound yeah. like you're being a pompous jerk. Yeah. It can sound condescending. It can sure. sound minimizing. 
So yeah. yeah, just keep it real short. What what's behind that? What's important about that? How do how do you feel about it? You know, what or sometimes how? Rarely how, but Rarely mostly how. what. You throw a how in there every now and then. Mm, maybe ten percent of the time how. Ninety what? Are we in a negotiation here? I don't know. I feel like we are. But anyway, start it with what? Um, I just lost the negotiation. <laughs> you did lose. We're moving on. All and right. the other thing is if you want to look at those P- that PDF and check out some of those powerful conversations, just to get people caught up on their lives. A lot of these people, you don't see them only but once a year or maybe every five years or so, or maybe you've never met them mm-hmm. before. Um it's good, some good questions just to like kind of catch up on their lives and get to know their heart um, behind what's going on. Because if you're like, oh, how was your year? And they're like, oh, it's it good. How you about know, yours? Works okay. And, you know, uh, we got a new car. It's not a great uh, car, but, you know, I mean, it's not new to us. I mean, it's new to us, but not, you know what I mean? That's a super awesome conversation. I'm so here. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the powerful question bomb. Okay. All right. So if you're listening, pull your car over. We'll wait. Okay. You ready? <laughs> Get out a piece of paper and a pencil. Here, here's the power question that will do one of two things. It'll make people look at you like you have three eyes, or it'll open the door to a great conversation. Mm. Hey, Danielle, what's the story God's weaving in your life this last year? You feel how open and expansive it is? Like you can't just go, oh, it's health. Yeah. Like it's an open door for somebody to go, oh, you want to know what's going on with you? Like, Like you're actually asking me. Yeah. Hey, what's the story that God's been weaving in your life this year. And other than powerful questions and the ones we have on the PDF, here's another idea. Go back to episode three, where we talk about the art of the check-in, where we talk about the sachet, S-A-S-H-E-T, and just um, ask somebody to check in. Maybe you're sitting with your cousin on the couch and you want to check in. Tell them how you're sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender about things going on in your life and invite them to share the same thing. You can even do that while you're traveling with your spouse too. Yeah. You can do these questions with your spouse when you're alone or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just with your mom. It doesn't have to be the whole dinner table, you know, maybe it's just little one-on-one conversations too. And we get it. Like this feels, can feel really vulnerable. Risky. Sure. To try to change the kind of conversation that you're having when there are these ingrained pathways. Mm-hmm. For some of us, we get together and we have the same conversation. One of the conversations is a, in my family is about our affinity for a certain kind of salad dressing. It <laughs> happens at every family gathering. And it'll Because that's what you have in common. Because that's what you have in common. It's something, it, it's just, it, it sounds ridiculous. But it's something, and it's comforting. It's like, oh, yeah, here we are. And those that's fine. And this can be um, 
you know, we're talking about asking powerful questions and sharing your heart and, and doing a sachet check-in, it can feel really vulnerable, really scary. And even just like, what? Yeah. Um, so we just want to acknowledge that, like, but you have what it takes to do this. You, if you want to do it, do it, model it, be vulnerable. And, you know, we were like, whether it's a stated expectation or it's just kind of something in your head, you want to go into family time, um, longing for that fun, engaging time with your family where you can truly catch up on the last year Mm -hmm. and get to know each other in a more deep way. And this is an opportunity to do that. If you're able to follow through with these, um, powerful question ideas and ways to just kind of navigate your conversations, you are going to have an engaging time. You are going to have fun. You're going to learn lots of interesting things, not only about them, but about yourself, your, your spouse too. Um, but you could, you could just decide to do the same old, same old and, you know, participate in the political conversations where everybody blows up and, Starts yelling at each other and um, stop at the liquor store on the way to their house and grab an extra bottle of whatever or mm-hmm. bury yourself in a book. You know, above everything else, I, I want to say do not protect or isolate or withdraw. Don't when you start to edge out. Don't don't go to those kinds of behaviors. It's okay to edge out. We talked about this again in the last episode. It's okay to edge out. I'm an extrovert, a pretty strong extrovert, and I get peopled out at holidays. So I'll go and take some time for myself. So I want to encourage you self-care, especially if you're going to, if you're going to courageously pursue um, chasing after the hearts of your family. And it's worth it. The payoff is, it's going to be, I almost think of it as like, you're a scientist, like discovering a new world. You're going to discover a whole new level that's there that you didn't even know existed. So have fun with it. Um, I encourage you to go for it and, you know, try not to gobble till you wobble. Wait, no, that was the last one. Oh, have a great conversation. Yeah. With all your buckle hats. (laughs) The buckle hats. Yes. Make sure if your kids are not making buckle hats at school, uh, I would I would highly recommend you petition the PTA. Uh, make sure that the school has both the resources, the material resources, and that the teachers have the buckle hat training. Yeah. To make sure that this fundamental tradition of the American Thanksgiving is held. Happy Thanksgiving. That's all we have for you for this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Don't forget to jump over and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Also, join the conversation on our Facebook group. Just go over to Facebook and search for Legendary Marriage. It's a private group. You send a request to join, and we will approve you just as soon as we see it. Hope you have a great holiday. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.